Hey, what's up? This is a special edition of Marsha's Plate, where we review the show Pose on FX. All right? Ah, what Diana say? Don't need no cure, baby. I just need be queer love. and be proud. That sweet old love. Hey. That sweet love. Mm. That sweet old love. That sweet hey. love. That sweet old love. Yeah. All right. That is enough of that. Y'all got me feeling extra gay up in here, man. <laughs> it don't get no more gay than Diana Ross and talking about balls of any kind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, hello. This is your girl, Diamond Styles, and I am the principal host of Marsha's Plate. But on this episode, I do not have my normal co-host. I have a new co-host. Mia and Z will be back on Thursday. I just really thought it would be important to have a gay male perspective as I review this show called Say It. Pose. Pose. So so y'all have heard Brandon before. He's been on the show a couple of episodes ago. I think it was the... Sex work episode, I think, right? Yeah, something like that. And something then like we that. were the one, um, we were talking about HIV on one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a couple of episodes. So y'all have seen him, and he's been on my YouTube as well, so we've been friends for a long time. So I really thought it was important to have a gay male experience on this episode because this show is about the ball culture in the 80s. It's set in the wonderful New York City, that Paris is burning era. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important because Paris and Burden, they kind of, they didn't explore the masculine of center or female body side of the culture. Like queer women and masculine women and aggressives. And no, you just got drag queens. You just basically. got the drag queens and the trans girls and the, um yeah. And the butch queens and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I kind of, you know, because this is kind of really deep in that era, I wanted to um, talk about it. not that they weren't there, but in that particular show, it didn't kind just of not vi- just not that, that visible in you know Paris is Burning exactly. So this is our official review of Pose on FX. It is super super amazing. So we're gonna go over a lot of topics. All right. So we're gonna start by introducing what it is about. So you want to start? Uh, Pose is basically about, um, it's about a young trans woman who decides that she wants to step out and start her own house. Um, and in the process of doing this, she creates, um, she makes new friends and she makes new enemies out Mm -hmm. of old friends. So this show is on FX and it is executive produced by Ryan Murphy. I love Ryan Murphy because he's always done shit right. He always does his research on projects. Um, Jenny Mock also is one of the producers of the show as well. Right. But Ryan Murphy, 
I remember when Ryan Murphy had um his his the research on Ifa and African traditions in um AHS American season three Ho- season three of American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. That's when I got into it because it was witches and. It was yes. race and racially based. <laughs> so, you know, because he produced that show, I was like, oh, you know, usually when people talk about African traditions and religions, they don't always get it right. And you and most people who who is practices one like I do. Right. It, it you'd be like, oh, girl, that wasn't you right. Like, that's, or, that's not how that goes. Yeah, <laughs> just too general. And what? But you can tell he did this research and he mm-hmm. found out a lot of stuff. And you can see it in little tidbits when you look at um, Angela Bassett's character and what she said and stuff that she did. I thought it was really, really amazing. So I was like, okay, well, since he's doing a show about the kids, mm-hmm. I'm like, I know he's going to do it right. I'm like, I didn't know that all the other girls was involved, like Janet and um, other people like Hector Extravaganza. Um, but I didn't know they were involved yet, but I knew he was going to get it right because well, I that's knew, what he does. I knew that he was going to, because like you said, I knew from the AHS, mm-hmm. you know, how he went into the actual culture, mm-hmm. pulled them into the production, right. and then really gave it that authentic flavor. So I knew of he New was, Orleans. Right, yeah, of, right. Of, of everything, you yeah. know? So I knew he was going to do that. I didn't know it was going to go as deep as it went as far as him getting so many different iconic people mm-hmm. not so iconic people mm-hmm. you know uh Infamous folks. Yeah. R- real true elements like even like i when when we were watching the other day i think it was the second or third time we watched it yeah but um oppose yes yeah. mm-hmm. when they um the recreation of the of the clubhouse right you know like it looks like literally like just like the paris is burning like uh-huh. that like I appreciate things like that, like when you really take the time and you really bring it back. Like, well, yeah. I was like, one thing I, I was ready to do. I, I had, I was, I had my my pen and paper ready. Was about <laughs> to, I was ready to just make a whole list of like, that's not how that is. He should have did that. But it, the entire time, I was like, wow, right. oh, okay, exactly. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Some of the consultants that he used on the film was Freddie Pendavis, mm. um, Twiggy Pousset, um, Garcon. Um, Michael Robertson, Saul Williams, Hexter Extravaganza. Um, and, you know, these are like legends, I, legendary, like iconic, iconic like, it people don't, in the scene. Yes. Like don't these, get, no, these are like, us. yes. Like we were this, in Paris. This is where it started, you <laughs> right. know, like, or this is where it started, you know, mm-hmm. to get it, like all that. Like, these are the ones, you right. know what I'm saying? So in the these, 80s. You, right. So yeah. you're getting, you know, and just not only just. Am I not only just using them for like oh just references or historical references or ideas or whatever you know I see them on the screen on the screen on like, the screen. Um, Hector was one of the judges. <laughs> yes. Um, it just it was it was really really crazy. Not crazy, but it was really really um, just surprising that I don't want to say surprising because like I said he this is what he does. This mm-hmm. is how he he gets down. This is how Ryan Murphy get down. So I still was surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised just because I was like, I, I, I like I said, I because it's a it's a black gay culture, thing. yeah. So I was like, mm, they might get it a little bit, but for him for for him to get it as much as he did, and you know, I I, I was surprised. Okay. <laughs> So one of the reasons why I wanted to watch is because Angelica Ross was one of the characters. I didn't know which character she was, mm-hmm. but I'm I've, I met her at the Philly Trans Health Conference, 
and she was so sweet. I've been knowing her since YouTube because we started on YouTube together. Oh, right. And she used to do music, and I did music, and um, she can sing her ass off. <laughs> and mm, so she's she? a, yeah. And so I'm like, I oh, didn't know that. Yeah, she can sing, and she writes her own music. So she, we kind of in that same musical vein. Okay. And I really, I start. So I started listening to her based on that. So seeing her flourish from a YouTuber to doing all these amazing things is just amazing to me. And <laughs> That's another it. thing that I experienced, mm-hmm. like seeing people, you know, that seeing people that, you know, you like you, know. that, you know, mm-hmm. on TV, like, you know, and I was like, yeah. oh, so I was yeah. going through that, too. I yeah. was going through a whole bunch of different things when I was watching this. <laughs> <laughs> because it puts queer folks directly in the center, particularly trans women in the center of the storyline mm-hmm. and gay men. And it just we haven't seen anything like that. This is like on the main stage. Like mm-hmm. they are at the center. They are the core of the storyline. They're not no side people. They are the main event. <laughs> One thing that kept going through my mind was um, I was just like, okay, so when I was watching Pose come on right. and I saw the the, the 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 title come on and all this stuff, it said Pose, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. it didn't hit me until it said blah, 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 by FX or something like that. And I'm right. like, wow. I'm like, this is like some for real, like big time shit. I mean, I, yeah, I'm like this is some real like this isn't like no this is some real shit like exactly. for real, we're on FX <laughs> like black trans gay all this is on FX where American Horror Story and our culture like, yes like nah. just getting put like come on now I was just like wait a minute because yeah, exactly. <laughs> how you don't see this of course you know in documentaries it's almost like you're in a cage just on TV right like, you're being viewed. That you know the intent is to just ooh let's peek into this un right. world <laughs> and it's like you're on a cage just on TV. This is okay. This is the culture. This is what was going on at the time in this world, and you're just getting a peek into it. But this is they're going through all of New York and just living their lives under the you know under the oppression of it's like this unknown thing. Like, not unknown. You know that um, the outside world is involved in them. Mm-hmm. But it's not just just not put on display, like, kind of in a documentary is. how Oh, how different this world is and how the other outside world is just oppressive. Well, and, you and know, it, 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 it kind of makes it more like a... Mm, like a now, I want to say educational, but then it kind of feels like I'm like, mm, let's just gawk at the at look at the life as a trans, look at the transsexuals, yeah. yeah, look at the homosexuals. But it to me, I'm what's going through my mind the entire time I'm watching this is 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 wow, look at these. I can be on TV doing this on this show. I can be on this show like right. that was going through my mind. Uh, oh, this has value, right? I'm like. Yeah. I see my people on TV. Right. I see my people getting roles. I see my people yeah. getting work and getting booked and getting all these things on these legitimate, like, relevant-ass stations and networks and all these things with... Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's, just really, it's a really good feeling <laughs> to see your people on I just on, didn't know what to do. On TV. <laughs> so let's start in the beginning of the show. So it starts off... <laughs> The House of Abundance. The House of Abundance. (laughs) So when it first came on, I gotta be real. The acting, (laughs) the first that first scene when they were breaking into the museum. So I look too good not to be seen. (laughs) I 
was kind of like, oh, I'm about to cut this off because I can't watch this. <laughs> it was so, the first scene, just the first one, I was like, ooh, this acting is. Mm, Chopsticks. I, I, oh, no. <laughs> this is high school musical <laughs> acting. And I was not, I was kind of mad a little bit. So I was like, oh, this is, oh, this is about to be sad. We finally get something on TV and it's this. Y'all gonna serve me this? Y'all giving me this Telemundo acting. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, This telenovela? Yes. (laughs) And so, but then it's, once we got past that first scene, so they, so basically they got wore out at a ball. That's the premise in the beginning. They got wore out at the ball. And now they're trying to think of something that'd be over the top to win the trophy. And right. so um beyond Blanca Blanca Blanca, um, one of the main character, Blanca, she comes up with this idea to be walk as a house as royalty and um the mother of the house still her idea. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> still her idea and I guess this is a, a reoccurring thing. And she basically, she was like, yeah, it may be your idea, but bitch, I know how to execute it. And she was right. <laughs> she went, they went and spent the night at this fucking museum where it was all this kind of white monarchy kind of clothes, royalty. It was like French Renaissance type of yeah. clothes, like royalty clothes. And so they hid out and then once they closed, they got the shit and bagged it up and broke out of that. They were locked in, but they broke out. Oh yeah, this is spoiler down, so don't Oh yeah, spoiler. You better have watched it. Yeah, sorry baby. <laughs> so we tell you what the tea was. Um so they broke out of the um museum by throwing a little chair against the uh, against the glass and they run and they run and put the clothes on at the ball that's right and so they putting the clothes on and they're coming out walking their category and they are all sick they're looking big looking big <laughs> and they win the category and the police come in and lock them up <laughs> lock, right. lock them up for stealing the shit from the museum, and that's how you do a motherfucking ball. <laughs> we won though. We won though. We, we got won. A motherfucking trophy. Thank we you. Got our grand prize. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So it starts off with that scene, and it was really, really good. Then when it gets into the actual show, that was like the preface of the show. When right. it gets into the actual show, it goes into the character Damon. He is the gay male of the of the group, and it starts off with him. Dancing at some kind of ballet dance class, but then when he goes home, his dad says, "Oh, hey, oh my, 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 my. <laughs> Why are you giving his voice? My friend, <laughs> my friend saw you leaving the class in the ballet shoes. I ain't yeah, raised no uh, sissy boy. <laughs> <laughs> he talks exactly like that. <laughs> so his dad see his dad basically goes to the bar, hang out with his homeboys, and the homeboys say, "Yeah, we seen your son coming out of dance class with the ballet shoes, Mm-mm-mm. and I, I guess he's sneaking to the ballet place because the mom is letting him be a creative." And the dad goes in the room, find his little porno book. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that he used to jack off, which is a gay porno book. So with a dad, white with a white man's on there. <laughs> a white man's. Well, you know, back then they didn't really celebrate 
like Playboys and stuff like that, they didn't really celebrate blackness. Like, that. yeah, that we is didn't true. Have our own publications. So usually, when you've seen publications that are porn publications, even the straight ones, it was not that many black women on the straight ones. It was not that many. Ooh, how late? You don't yeah. get to see no. You don't get BBC. To see, no BBC. No BBC <laughs> cuckold. You don't no. get to see no BBC yeah. missionary. No this BBC pounding. I need like, some like BBC. You Google 80s porn. You gonna get white girls with bush. White girls with bush and blonde. It's gonna be like so yeah, that's all he probably had access to was yeah. white boys on the cover. <laughs> and daddy found the magazine? And daddy found them and then he just went into this holotoxis beat his ass type thing and his mm-hmm. mama's come up the street and she hear the daddy whooping him and she comes in and tell him to stop and then he takes, kicks him out of the house basically and say, you know, you're dead to me. And so you would think that the mama would come down and console him, but mm. <laughs> not in a black family. <laughs> no, he's not about to say that. <laughs> but in this particular black family, right. the um the mother is basically on the dad's side. You know, I I saw I felt like she was in some kind of denial. I felt like she was. Yes, and then whenever she, whenever it was presented to her that this is what it is, right? Then like, she conceded and just was like, okay, and threw her hands up and washed her hands of them, right? So I feel like if you, this is what I assume, living this life, you know, she, they, they had issues in the past about the dad trying to toughen them up, mm-hmm. and the mom is like, calm down. She's seeing that this is a special little boy, like all of our moms do. Mm-hmm. Our moms say, you know, I knew. <laughs> but right. I just didn't want it to be that and I try to do whatever I can now how that manifests uh, they try to do whatever they can to stop it now how that manifests is different in different moms some moms just ignore it yeah. and don't say nothing they act like it's not happening some moms are like you about to be a faggot what are you doing And it, 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 some, some moms are more mean and some are more oh he's just a special kind of child uh-huh. knowing that you know, oh, is. and mothers, if you're listening to this, if there's any mothers here, you think you, if you have a gay child, you think you got a gay child, please understand that uh, beating your gay child, punishing your child, cooking your child out, none of that is going to make the gay go away. You can't make the gay go away. You can't no. stop it from coming. You can't slow it down. You can't do anything. It's going to come. There's nothing you can do about it, but accept it. Right. And. And this brings me to the rest of the story. So they kick him out and he has to go to New York and he's living on the bench. So when you kick your children out on the street, what you're doing is that you leaving them to the vultures. Mm -hmm. Like you're leaving them to be in situations where their safety is compromised. So, for example, he, he um, when he went to New York, one of his bags got stolen. And one of the dudes who was used to living on the street was like, man... You better go. You might have to go down to the pier and prostitute. And he was like, I'm not selling my body to men and da-da-da-da. But when he lost his shit and he didn't have nothing else, nothing else. And luckily it was fucking springtime, summertime, not winter. And he lost his shit. He was on the verge of this is the choice that I have to make. I got to go out here and prostitute. I got to go out here to be able to eat. I got to go out here to be able to have a place to stay or to just survive. And so you're pushing them out of the house in situations that can be really dangerous because there's a, not that this is everybody's story, but a lot of people, you 
would get positive because I I gotta sleep with people raw or I don't have protection or I don't have education. I'm just out here surviving and trying to live and mm-hmm. I'm using unprotected sex because I don't know nothing about this because I'm from a small town and I don't know. I don't have the education about any of this. Or I ain't ate in four days, and this dude's telling me if I if he if I take the dick raw, he'll give me a hundred dollars. I ain't ate in four days. Right. What am I gonna do? What am like, I gonna? What my, would you do? What would you do? What would you do? So, I f- I feel like you pushing them out can push them. You're not teaching them a lesson. Like you are, uh, you're just being a bad parent. Your intention is not working. The intention, I think, is to teach a lesson. Yeah, I think it's to teach a lesson and or to change the gayness. I th- or I don't know, but I do know I do feel that th- I I think that they feel like they are teaching the teaching you a, teaching us a lesson. Mm. Yeah, but it doesn't do anything. It just forces them to be in situations where they may not be mature enough to handle. And there's tons of statistics around um teenage youth that are kicked out of their home because they're gay. Yeah. Now it's lesser now, but there are some that just are out here in the streets. Oh, but back back in these times, in in, in the polls times worse. in the eighties, yeah. it was it was even like worse. That. It was it, it was you real common. You see people, um, you see people on Paris is burning. That's like you know this is my family, mm-hmm. like this is literally my family, and that's what happened to him. He got connected with Blanca um, after he um, went in. Um, went to New York and he's living on the street. He got connected with Blanca and then all these other people. And these people become your family. They right. become your um your support system. And sometimes that support system is not positive. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's beautiful. But sometimes it's not positive. Sometimes you'll run across that person that is also trying to survive and exploiting you is their way of surviving mm-hmm. support supporting so exploiting this young guy, person who don't got nowhere to go i'm gonna put you out on a holstro and make you make me some money you know it's some people that they might come in contact with that, are, that that they might think is their family but it is their family you see what i'm saying like it is their family but they're negative because they don't have anybody else mm-hmm. and so they it can lead them down a path that that, that could be dangerous or it can be positive So the moral of the story is parents support your motherfucking children. Mm -hmm. The gay is not going to go away. And you're doing more harm than good by kicking them out the house. Yo, join the conversation. Hashtag Marsha's Plate. Oh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We want to hear what you guys have to say. You can also help us build community by becoming a patron on patreon.com slash Marsha's Plate. By contributing to this podcast, you help us continue our powerful work to change culture one episode at a time. So big cities have always been havens for runaways. They always been haven for queer folks, um, especially ones that grew too big for small towns because sometimes you know your parents don't kick you out but like well this country ass living ain't for you because nobody is like you Mm -hmm. and then you meet people that's like oh you need to move to new york oh you need to move to atlanta oh you need to move to san francisco oh you need to move to la because that's where people are like you and you know we know that 
San Francisco was a a migrant a migration place for gays at one point. Atlanta currently, for the since the nineties, have been the migration for black gays. Yeah, for the black um, New York has always been a migration for everybody. Right. To go, you know, and be gay and be free and have the freedom and have a culture and you know, New York has always been that. Um, L.A. They have their ways as well. Um, so. Big cities have always been havens for queer folks because, you know, it's safety in numbers and it is a culture in our in an underground that's already been established and been established for years, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Before we move past Damon, I wanted to talk about um, how she used AIDS almost to fear monger him before she kicked him out. Oh, but I think that was pretty common back in those days. Yeah. I think that was I think that was the thing to do. Like in in that situation or any situation with dealing with a gay person, right. a gay man, um, any trans, whatever. Like, I think that was just what it was. Like, oh, you get you, you're gonna get that shit. You're gonna get that disease. You're gonna get you that know, gay man's that disease. gay man's disease. That sissy disease. You right. know, like that's what it was. Like, and it's still it's still present today now, but. It, I think you know it was just more the ab- is known now. Yeah, like it's not not everybody is educated about it, but so much is out there information wise that no and so many people like Easy E mm-hmm. and um, so many non gay people have succumb or are affected. The Magic Johnsons that you know over the years have been affected by it. That I don't think people totally are it was a time when it was really literally thought this is the gay homosexual disease Mm -hmm. (laughs) because there was no education about it like oh i don't have to worry about this because well you know baby when you put your when you put a dick in the booty hole the blood mixed with the feces (laughs) and when the blood mixing your feces when the feces get in your bloodstream it makes the aids virus you know because uh, he's quoting an aunt of mine. <laughs> <laughs> One of my aunts said that to me when I was like 18. <laughs> she was, her theory about AIDS, why it affects the gay community is because when you put the sperm and the feces and the blood together, <laughs> it makes AIDS. <laughs> Baby, the way I would have hollered in her I face. Was like, what? <laughs> Girl. I mean, cackled. <laughs> I said, have you read anything? Like, about- and you, you said this with such conviction. You believe everything you just said, you right? You really believe mm. what you just said. <laughs> well, okay. I was like, girl, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, you really believe And that. she said, like, like she said, girl, uh, honey, <laughs> do, do, my- you, do you want it or not? <laughs> I had gag when she had said that. And I was 18, so I was like, now I know this ain't true, but this is a grown woman, so maybe I'm true. Maybe I ain't got no education, but I think I do. Well, honey, <laughs> go on, take a chance. I was like, <laughs> I was like, no, I don't think that's true. But I didn't know how to argue it, so I was like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna just let it go. Back then, it was really rooted in lack of education around gays and the hate and. You know, all that kind of stuff. The toxic masculinity. Yeah, basically just lack of education and and, and stigma. And stigma and, and just men, this is what boys are supposed to be. Oh, yeah. And, you know, oh, especially that's the toxic fathers, masculinity part. <laughs> yeah, that's what, it's like, uh, all of that together just made it a horrible situation for 
anybody, any male child that was going through something, whether you're going to be trans or you're going to be just a gay male, it just was, you know, back then it just was not the place to be. Mm -mm. (laughs) I'm glad we have grown a little bit of something. Okay. Now, we haven't made it to the promised land, so don't get too excited. (laughs) We still have a long way to go. Mm -hmm. All right? Still got a long way to go. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So, not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts, I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because I put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch I am community is fuck (laughs) so thank you I really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not you can donate as low as a dollar a month it doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please, do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. Why was the ball scene so important in this era? Why do you think it was so important? Why do you think this this happened? Oh, well, I mean, basically the balls to me back in these times was it started as a collection of, I want to say, mm, just discarded people, you know, and then it's just people. It created, not it created a couple things here for me. Like, number one, it created a space where you know, these people can be who they are, who they want to be, who they feel they are, who they feel they should be without any type of whatever, you know, mm-hmm. judgment, negativity, like a safe space. You get what I'm right. saying? So that's number one. That's always important. Everybody should have a safe space. Number two, um, <clears throat> it put people together to make more connections as far as like, oh, like what you house meeting their house family, their house friends, their this and that. They're meeting they're getting um developing support systems. Mm-hmm. And um also, you know, that Blanca said it, I think I think Blanca said it when she was explaining it to Damon. She said that, you know, we may not be walking down the red carpet, but we're this is when we can become stars. Become stars. Mm-hmm. You know, we're this is our chance. Yeah, you know our we be we can become somebody. We can for in for that culture. period of time in this culture, we can you know be be those girls you right. know because we can't be this anywhere else. Right. So for me, I think that it was. I think it was needed back then. People needed to be have that stardom. Like it was so dire. Mm-hmm. In regards to how society was, how back backwards society was in regards to subject about sexuality, subject about um, transness, subject about anything in this regard. They were so not where we are today. And even today is not, oh, my God, but it just was so different. Mm-hmm. And they needed a space to where they can be celebrated. Right. Where they can be um, 
somebody telling them, oh, my God, like, I like how you look. Oh, my God, you are wearing it out. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, um, you are somebody special. You are a star. You are somebody. This is your, like, and one of Blanca's thing is, like, I need some, I need, I need to make my mark on this world, and this is the avenue that I can do it. Yep. You see what I'm saying? Like, if I can't, because I, we saw one of the girls um, go to a job interview, and they was they were hiring, but then when they see her, she they say, no, you're not hiring. So nobody is giving me a chance. It's not like now right. where we have the Janet Mox and the Lavernes and the Traces and the Angelica Rosses and the Pose mm-hmm. show. We got right. all these things where we are being, now that we're being celebrated, it was nowhere near in the making back then like it wasn't it seemed like it was impossible mm-hmm. like nobody was going to give us that kind of chance and so to create a space where we're celebrated and have these chances and we can be at least in this space you know a star i think it was important and let me say this the ball scene culture is our version of jazz black folks was coming out of the darkness of slavery going into reconstruction then that's in the late 1800s then we were going into a war that wasn't even our fucking war barely wanted barely had rights <laughs> but we needed some fucking self-care in the early 1900s mm-hmm. and a part of that self-care was creating our own communities and out of that community comes a lot of culture and it came jazz it we had our own music we had our own styles we just had a lot of stuff and so this community this underground community of black folks jazz was born out of that and i think it's the same thing with the gay culture. We had our own communities. We needed our self-care. People was kicking us out of the house. People were murdering us. People were killing us. And this was us. So now you see our language, our culture, um, our music coming out and flourishing in the same way that jazz did right now. I think the only difference is the emphasis on mimicking cis people let me explain that the problem that i kind of saw that i saw with back then and i think it's because i'm looking back at it i'm looking back at it in hindsight with a certain level of wokeness i feel like i feel like the balls put whiteness capitalism on a pedestal whiteness and capitalism on a pedestal so the whiter you were, the close, the proximity, the more proximity you had to whiteness. Well, yeah, the old balls, yes, yes, the old back in not now, but yeah. back in the day. Yeah, um, I feel like whiteness was it, capitalism. Like the, I love how they keep talking about Trump in the show. They keep mm-hmm. bringing Trump up because during this era, we have a new vision of Trump now. You know, he is this racist, dumb, misogynistic. Um, president they president (laughs) right but you know he's he has a different he has a negative a horrible negative um connotation like image right now in regards Mm -hmm. to the liberal people you know you know the white you know people the conservative people love him but back then everybody he was the pinnacle of success he was a businessman he was 
his he was synonymous with money and wealth and riches and luxury. It was Trump's name. All of the th- all, all of, of the, the things, things, baby. Right, all <laughs> the things that ball the ball scene celebrated, like capitalism and luxury and being a white woman. A re- I just I want to give you classy right. Diane Carroll. Um, they made reference to Dynasty because back then. Dynasty and Alexis Gabri- Alexis not Gabrielle Sherrington. <laughs> That's a drag queen. I almost um, said that. I, I, I thought I almost said that, thinking that was the actress's name. No. That's how you know I watched Alexis <laughs> Carrington is the character's name. Um, I think the um woman is Joan Collins. Mm. Um, um, and Diane Carroll plays Dominic Devereaux. So this is Dynasty and that luxury and that grandness and fur coats and mm-hmm. diamonds and you know Dominic Devereaux like that era decadence just decadence like that they were it was a certain level of praise of capitalism and wanting to be white and but you know it was when i first came out of like when i first graduated when i first graduated high school and started experiencing gay life for myself that was still the thing like yeah it was the 90s yeah no it was not when I graduated high school, it was not the nineties, girl. Um, I was. It was. Will you stop trying to add years onto me, girl? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a not. It was a late nineties for me, bitch. Well, girl, no. So, <laughs> but no. well, two thousands, girl, two thousand and three, girl. No, that it was like that in two thousand. It's still kind that of was Ka- well. I know that was Kayla's mindset. That was Mike Mike's mindset, sort of mm-hmm. like, oh, we're about to be rich white girls, we're rich white, rich white, rich white, rich white, rich white. Like yes. that was the standard. How are the rich white girls? Yeah. How are the Paris Hiltons? Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, because yeah, that they were big back then, right? And so then it was like, oh, I'm feeling like rich white con. I'm feeling like rich white. Right, I'm and feeling they like, put it on a pedestal. Yeah, so and I think that back then. Like the Huxtables, like the Cosbys, we like w- like black people needed the Cosbys in the eighties. Absolutely, gay people needed the ball scene mm-hmm. to feel like special. Like Cosbys was a different look for a, the black family. That's why. That's why I got involved into in, in it and dealt with it for as long as I did. And so know? back then they needed it, I, but I feel like now. We're growing out of it. We're growing out of praising capitalism. We're growing out of praising whiteness. We're growing out of praising that sector of we're demonizing the negative, the, you know, those because we know they're exploitive. Right. We 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 get we're growing out of it. So the bossing for me now is kind of problematic, like celebrating the people who are passing as the pinnacle and the people who are not, you don't get your tins, you get chopped. I think that's late because like I've said in in recent video, in recent um, episodes of Marsha's Plate, you know, we're fighting literally for the people who can't pass. We're fighting for the gay men who can't hide that they're gay. Mm-hmm. We're not fighting for the mask for mask motherfuckers because y'all can just go to the gym and be yourself and they're going to think y'all straight niggas and mm-hmm. not bash you or tease you or do anything to you because they think you're just a regular dude. You mm-hmm. can pass. <clears throat> but who are we who we are fighting for, who we are protecting the, is the gay boy who walking down the street who you know he's gay. Because he this is how he expresses himself. This is who he is and he can't be anything else. He can't pretend. Um or the trans girl who who just doesn't pass. 
You know, those are a person who can pass a Trace or a Janet or a, those people. Do they come across some oppression? Yes, of course. But on a day-to-day basis, they don't get the same thing as somebody who is just a brick and you can just tell. Mm-hmm. They can't get they they can get on the bus without somebody saying, ah, that's a fucking man, sissy, motherfucker. <laughs> that's disgusting. You know, but, you know, there's people who are dealing with that every day. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, so praising that, I think we've grown out of it. Well, the whole, mm, about, I mean, it's competition. It's a contest. Mm, yeah. I, I think it's, it's. Co- I don't know. I just think, I don't know. I just feel like. I do get the, I do, now. I do see what you're saying, though. I do see what you're saying. And what it's kind of like, like what it's kind of like perpetuating, I guess, mm-hmm. or like. It's but, like you only have value if you're passable. Right. You only have value if you're rich. You only have value if you can wear all the labels. Mm-hmm. You only have have value as a trans person if you can watch Sex Siren and be passable. If you can walk Sex, sex Siren and have all the body, have Super, super passable mug and <laughs> come and do this with all the labels. Right. And, you know, you only have value in this house, in this culture, if you can do those things. Well, yeah, there are houses that will. You know, and I think that's kind of problematic because that is doing what the cisgender folks are doing. You only have value as a trans person if you look the part. Right. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Even in the first scene, the royalty was that everybody was praising to bring it with luxury. It was white royalty, European royalty. It wasn't African royalty. You know, it wasn't no Wakanda. So I think, you know, I think, I think that's kind of problematic. But yeah, I think it's interesting that they have Trump... Um, Trump, they mentioned him, um, even like poor, everybody who, Trump was that pinnacle. Poor black people, poor white people, um, rich white people, everybody who looked at um, looked at Trump back then, especially that was from that other generation, like from the 70s and the 80s and stuff like that, they looked at Trump, They looked, it was a different kind of Trump. Trump was what people aspired to. They may not like him because out of jealousy, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, I don't like you out of politics. It was, I don't like you because, oh, or I, I want to be you and I'm not there, so I don't like mm-hmm. you because of that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, oh, you're a fucking racist and I don't like you because you're a fucking racist and a pig. Right. You know, it wasn't like that. I think collectively, because we're getting a little bit more woke, we were coming out of the shadows at this time, the shadows of a culture that had said that we were freaks and abnormal. So we all strive to prove to them that we are no normal in our looks, in our buying power, in our dreams, in our goals, and all of that. And that's why when Blanca said, you know, this may not be the... Oscars. This mm-hmm. might not be the red carpet, but this is our Oscars. This right. is our thing because we're trying to mimic what we see and what we want, what we don't have access to. Mm-hmm. That money, that look, that ultra film look, that 
whatever it is like even mother the character that's the house mother of abundance right she was like you know i can walk i can go and get served at mordorf um goodman's and um and and get the sickening fish she treatment. said she said she can do any of that and be served just like just any like white the next, woman. any white woman right so that whiteness was the pinnacle white passing white <laughs> was the pinnacle even for this fully, i get served clearly like black. the white women right so it was the pinnacle and i think that's kind of problematic because i'm valued because i'm like i'm white <laughs> <laughs> So, and nowadays, we kind of getting past that, right? Oh, I yes. Think. Okay. I think we are. I hope we are. Okay. Let's talk about when Blanca was getting her HIV tea at the clinic. Mm, yes, 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 yes. And yes. a point that you had brought out when we were watching it, like, the second or third time, is how you, uh, if you take, if you notice how, like, the, the gay boys and and the other people had their duties or their lovers and things with them at the in the lobby Getting when the they results. Get, when they got their results and Blanca was there by herself as a and black I didn't trans yeah woman. I didn't notice that until you said that right and then I realized that none of her duties was there she was just right. there by herself none of her duties and the gay men that were getting their negative their positive to their positive test results so their they were po- they were positive and this was negative news right they they were getting their negative news and they could run out of the office of the doctor and into the arms of the little white boys their little lovers but because blanca is dating men who are on the down low she doesn't have that same support system right she doesn't have that same support system as gay men do even black gay men like this sometimes they can ha- they'll have their partner that's dealing with them in this situation but trans women a, a man wouldn't dare go into this clinic with me. And I don't know about now, but I'm, I'm thinking about back then. But even now, I'm like, we both going to get tested? That's pretty normal adult things to do. That's a responsible. But a dude... But if they go with a training, then everybody's going to know that they're fucking the training. Exactly. Fucking the it's, training raw. Come dumping the training. <laughs> Come dumping the training in her pussy. And they're going to think it's they're going to think that everybody knows, everybody um is going to think I'm gay, everybody. So they avoid situations Everybody's like going to know that I'm having gay HIV sex with the training <laughs> in her butt. You are best. <laughs> so so it it was it 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 to me it just was shocking. Not shocking. I don't want to say shocking. That's not the right word. It just was something I immediately honed in on. Like, Oh, it wasn't shocking to me. Yeah, but you didn't realize it. No, but because it, it seems so normal to me. Uh-huh. Like, because whenever I, anytime I go get any type of STD testing, I'm by myself. But it's because I want to be by myself. Mm-hmm. Because if there's any type of late tea going on, I don't want nobody else around to hear it. Mm. You get what I'm saying? So it's more. Is it a shame? Is it a. No, it's not a shame thing. I don't do anything that I'm ashamed of. Uh It's just I want my business to be my business, Mm. you know, and I and I just don't want any type of. I don't know what the doctor's going to say sometimes. Mm. You never know. And it's like whether it's HIV, syphilis, herpes, Mm. whatever the fuck it is. I don't want this. No bitches knowing anything until i tell until them. i'm ready for you to know yeah right. so you know i think people i think but i'm so past the whole i need a support system for sh- like i don't need like mm. i don't need a support system for that 
Mm. Like, I just don't. Never have. Like, gotcha. I just value. I just think it's awkward for me. It's awkward. Mm. I think uh, it's awkward for a lot of people to. But I don't know. I think. I think. Because let me tell moment, you why. Uh, the, one time when I was in L.A. getting tested, mm-hmm. you know, um, I lived right down the street from an STD. It was like one of the gay, free, gay places you go to. Right. And it's free. And Fish was in there. Thank God for free testing. Yes. Thank that's you, the only, people. I, that's the only test I've ever really used. We'll organized to get free yes, testing. Yes. Free yeah. testing, free treatment, all of that is out there. If You just got to look for it. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, um. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. So I was like, I was there, and then I get, like, she was there. She went in. They called her name. She goes in. And then her two Judys, it was Trade and Fish. They were just sitting out in the lobby. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And so then uh, I guess she got her tea, and she came out, and she's just bawling, crying, bawling, crying. Like, oh, okay, well, I know what your tea is. And so she had her Judys there with her. Uh Uh-huh. To you know whatever, but one of her Judies, when they walked back, she looked like she was kind of like cackling, like kikiing about the situation. What? Yeah, it was kind of late. So, and I've always thought that that like that is a worst. That is like a nightmare scenario for me. Like mm-hmm. if I ever go and I get some late tea, <laughs> and then I have a Judy with me. And then I leave t- thinking I'm about to go get, like, some paperwork or something or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then my Judy, who already, you already know something that I really didn't want you to know because I just found out today or whatever the fuck. And so now I got to, and then, so now I'm thinking, oh, like, I got to deal with, you know, processing whatever I'm dealing with. And then uh, the fact that you know it, too. Right, you know who you gonna tell? Who you gonna tell? Gonna respond to right, all of those Um, things. All of those things, and then on top of that, I it's other shit that I don't know is happening because like you kiki and kiki and kiki kiki, you know you in the trade like y'all supposed to be here for me, and then you being late like all of that. Like I sat there and watched all of this unfold, Mm -hmm. so that was in my mind too, and that just reaffirmed. Why I would never, ever, 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 ever have anybody with me getting tested. Getting tested. Yeah, I don't know. I think some people need that support system because they can. And I can get that too. I can see somebody. Yeah. Um, I'm scared. I don't want to go by myself. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get the news by myself. I can get that. Yeah, and some people, you know, they don't know how to take the news and they yeah. need a support system. And I'm not that girl. That. Just give it yeah. to me, doctor. <laughs> like she's like Blanca said. She Don't said, leave me in suspense, baby. Honey, pull the band-aid off. <laughs> That's exactly what she said. Um But I think so in the context of the story, I think we all become each other's support system. So it was just ironic that she did have like a little family, but they weren't there to because this is prior to she her making her own her own little house. Mm-hmm. But um but we become when she gets when Blanca gets her test results, she goes to a uh, elder in the community, right, to talk to him about it and vent to him about it. So this was her. She didn't have somebody there with her at getting the results, but and she might have been like you, like I'm strong enough to handle. It. And she was. She was like, "Honey, just pull the bandaid off. Just give me my tea." Mm-hmm. And so then she went to 
her house father, not her house father, but somebody, an elder in the community that she look up to, that she reveres. And she went and talked to him about it and disclosed, you know, clearly they had some kind of history where she trusts him. Right. And, you know, he's basically giving her the pep talk. Like, girl, this just means that, you know, you got something to live for now. You need a dream. You need to, you know, fight, go out in here and get what you want. Make mm-hmm. a mark in the world or whatever. Um, So it's beautiful to see even in Paris is burning and pose and other and other um other situations where they're showing this relationship femme queens and gay males how we are interconnected right we know a lot of times the gay males and and trans folks we have this thing where we you know, when you hear, especially when you hear trans people talk about it or gay people talk about it, there's this thing where we, you would assume that we're always clashing. But in me and my personal life, I haven't had, have I had some shady gay men in my life? Absolutely. I know some shady ass gay men. But at the same time that I had those shady gay men in my life, I had three other great ones. Mm-hmm. So it it was never so when I hear people talk, oh I don't hang around Butch Queen. Butch Queens are messy. Or when I hear Butch Queen saying, oh no, trans girls this, trans girls that, it gags me sometimes because I'm like, yo, like we have always been in community with each other. Yeah, we've always been each other's support system. Like I remember, um, I just can't remember a time where I didn't have a gay male in my life as as a friend at some point. That's me too. Like as, <laughs> I don't understand it. It was it's been trans has been like I I've been friends with like I, since day one. Yeah, I can't remember a time. I've never and now I've never the whole I've never created a divide between mm-hmm. butch queens and tra- and, and, and and femme queens. Right. You know, I've never and that and but until I started talking to other butch queens. I talk or here or talking to other tranny trans women and yeah, like it was until I started talking and experiencing and and, and dealing with other people where I, I was starting to hear all these stories like that they were just so anti this, anti that. They would just like separate each other. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, well, that's not in my in my life, in my experience. I've always had some of my best best Judies, longest Judies, best Judies trans. Right. Like uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, so just, I, I, just I don't, don't understand that. Yeah, I'm with you on there. I don't get it. Right. So they all we have always been in community, and we have always been non-blood family to each other. There were there's always personality battles sometimes, but um, you know, there's always battles like you know the mother's character and um, Blanca's character. Um, I feel like because of the personality battles. It happens. Sometimes we're going to clash, but we still are a part of each other's community. It's like being somebody's brother or sister. You're going to clash, but you know you guys are always family. You know you are always in the same boat. You know that you are, um, you know, there's some differences, but, you know, these are your people. This is your tribe. And so I never felt like gay men weren't my tribe. I knew they were something different than me, but we're still in the same family. And so... I just never had that experience. So it was it, it just was funny to um I just want to kind of talk about wanted to kind of put that out there as well. That's why I had a issue with RuPaul excluding trans folks from the drag narrative because I feel like gay men and trans women are so connected and we've been doing drag together forever. It just seems like it's a little weird and I just can't see how he justifies that. But anyway, that's another topic. La 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 la
Um, so I wanted to talk about the mother character the, of the House of Abundance. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, first of all, she's the cold switch queen. You know, she's she's putting on airs. Like, you know, kind of, I don't know if you watch um, Dear White People, but like kind of Coco, how Coco does. Coco's from the hood, but she's putting on her white girl face at this PWI, predominantly white institution. Mm-hmm. Um, so she she's putting on this face, and I think that the mother character is putting on air. She's putting on, she's using these SAT words. Um, she's never going to use AAVE. She's never going to use like Ebonics and stuff like that. She's never going to be like that. Um, so we know people like this. Like we know people who give this classy, I'm all that persona. Well, the thing is, uh, do you think that do you think that she was giving off airs or do you think that she was trying to impersonate somebody or, 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 or not impersonate, but using, uh, she was trying to channel somebody like, uh, cause I was thinking. Dominique Devereaux. Or Crystal LaBeija. Yeah, I could say that. Yeah. I like to that. me, that's what I got. I when when I got, when I started like, I look too good not to be seen. Like mm-hmm. it, it just took me back to Crystal LaBeija. And I just think that I have a feeling that Crystal LaBeija was a big influence, if not the influence, on Tyra Ross's character. character. Because it just, you know, just the way she tries to deliver, the way she would deliver the lines, and, you know... uh, So Crystal LaBeija is a legendary drag queen from this era. Oh, kind of before this era, right? That was... that. The Crystal LaBeija thing was recorded in the 60s. Right. So this so is... So Crystal LaBeija is one of the people who founded the house of LaBeija. Right. Like, Pepper LaBeija was her child, I think. Yeah, she was long dead before, before Paris, Paris was, was burning. burning. Right. So, so this is somebody who was p- before this era. Yeah. It was like 60s drag this queen. This was the 60s. <laughs> so that's Crystal yeah. LaBeija. I can see her channeling, um, yeah. Tyra Ross channeling her as a character because she does give. And for and for us, she would be if we were trying to look back and emulate, mm-hmm. you know, people, you know, back then, even just people in the scene with like d- delusions of grandeur, things like that. Like right. that would be the to me because that's the most known thing today as far right. as reference as far as our history well, yeah you know what i'm saying and to mm-hmm. me when she started just at from that first scene it, and every time she's every time she has she has lines like that i always just hear crystal LeBage, crystal LeBage. so i'm not saying that she, i don't know what her motivation was but i it think it sounds like that yeah it yeah, seems it like, like it was crystal. crystal like tyra ross's character mother of abundance is um she was channeling Crystal LaBeija. Right. I see that as well. Um, circa 1960. Circa 1960. Mm-hmm. Um, Pray Tell, the character Pray Tell. We like him too. We like him too. He is like a g- typical older gay. Mm-hmm. Been in the scene long enough, you can't pull no wool over his eyes. Honey. That's you, right, baby. You young, you young little whippersnappers can't do nothing. I've been there, done that. Been there, done that. <laughs> you know, he has a lot of clout in the community. He knows how to calm it down, like when they was about to fight on the pier when they was dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he can come in and say, oh, we don't need to be having fighting. You know, just what I clocked. On the pier, there was a stud, Vogan, 
on the pier. If you pay attention to one of the characters, I think it's on the right hand side of the screen. And do you think that do you think that there were absolutely studs back then? Absolutely, yes. Of that was Vogue. I think so too. I know they were studs, but I'm yeah. saying like active in voguing and stuff. I'm sure they were. They probably wouldn't praise as much as a you know like a Willy Ninja or you know mm-hmm. whoever was doing it, but. You know, I feel like they were back there. They yeah. were part of the culture, too. They were mm-hmm. thrown away because they were lesbians. And, you know, they were part of the culture, too. It's just they weren't as, um, I don't know. I think they had their own thing going on. Yeah, like, and I've always, yeah, I've yeah. always kind of thought that lesbians sort of just kind of did their own stuff. Mm-hmm. But they were a part of it, too. And so, pray tell, that character, you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of Douglas Says. Who was that? He is, um, he's like a designer who designed all the face girls gowns and shit back then. A like, ball, like a ballroom designer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, he. Um, oh, so you okay? So he, yeah, because he Praytel did what did, does make clothes. Did, did the clothes. Yeah, he's and fashion fish. He's fashion fish, and he used to do all the girls' gown. He was Tracy Africa was his muse. Oh, sickening. Um, so Mother Clairol. Yeah, Mother Clairol, darling legendary see y'all um, need to know y'all history baby um marcia's play he, come get you some <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of him because he did a lot of the girls gowns that they will walk in and all that kind of good stuff in regards to um him so that's what who pray tell reminds me of and she don't um, mind reading anybody right she don't mind <laughs> she will read you and i feel like their goal is to keep the culture going they're like the sage of the community mm-hmm um, they put their they like uh, even if you looking at them when they're battling, he's always neutral. I just want a good battle. Bring it. Right. I want you to bring it. That's what mm-hmm. I want you. And I'm gonna give the girl who brung it their rods, <laughs> regardless if I'm friends and with you. And if you're my sister, my Judy, and you do late, I'm gonna. Reach I'm gonna you. meet you and tell you that you're late, girl. <laughs> you deserve that child. Come back next time. <laughs> come back next time. Come harder. Do it right. When he told me, he said, "Oh, you need to be." When he told Blanca, he said, "You need to be grateful your score wasn't lower than what they gave you, baby." <laughs> <laughs> right, because I would have gave you the latest. I would have <laughs> gave you the latest of the latest score. <laughs> so okay, they go into um. So now Blanca leaves the house of abundance because she's ready to go out her own and make her mark. You know, when she got her results, her um her results, she was like, you know, I need to. And her and Pratel had the conversation. They go out. So she now she's recruiting people for her um for her. You know, her new house. What is her house called again? It's named after Linda. Oh, yes, it is. Evangelista. Evangelista. (laughs) Who stole her look? Who stole her look? (laughs) (laughs) So... So now this is how she run into Damon because he's dancing in the park. In this Central is, Park, yeah. In Central Park. This is before he gets his bag stolen or whatever. Damon mm-hmm. is a gay boy. And so she see him walking and what's funny. So think about this. So Blanca says to him, when she tip him, when she tips up to him and he's dancing, she asks him, Why are you out here dancing with dancing for nothing but the junkies? And it was a shock to me because in my mind, I was like, even a trans woman, a person from the underbelly of the mainstream culture belittles the junkies. Oh. That was funny to me. Like, I was like, what? Well, there's always someone you can put down to make you, you feel can put superior. Your, yeah, it's always. <laughs> and that was a line, too. Yeah. You know, it's all, a line in the show. There's always somebody to put you down. Like, you, you know, you put your... 
I make you. I make myself look love when you. You know, at least I'm not a junkie. She's, at least I'm not a tranny. She said, at least I'm not a. She said you're a black. She said you're a black gay man. I'm the only person that you can put down and make you feel superior. Uh huh. I'm the only person. The black trans woman. Black trans woman. <laughs> um, but then at the same time, okay, so that happened. So the trans woman make the little cut to the junkies. Right. Okay. I want you to get this correlation. The client, so we're going to get into the client of the trans girl. When he was, when he was trying to get the job at the the Trump Tower, trying to get the job, the dude who was trying, he was trying to hire him, the hiring manager of this little corporate, this corporate big building into Trump building. He was a junkie. He was doing coke. Right, right, right. So the same people that the ball scene that she's trying to be a star of praises is a fucking junkie. Well, that's how it is, baby. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you belittle the junkies down here on the central, the junkies that here but that you know is it's, junkie. It's only considered junkie if you're, like, inject, if you're, like, smoking crack, I guess. But if you're doing coke, that's rich white drugs. So still a drug. So that's okay. And still a junkie. You on an interview and you snorting coke in Baby, front of he the had man. pulled that out. That They do. That's how they do. Sure. No tea. Yeah. And so it was funny that he was a junkie and in the position that the boss scene that she's trying to be the queen of praises. She's like, oh, these corporate people, they're just luxury and da 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 And she didn't see this part, but it was that I made the connection to where, you know, he's in this position that you praise and he's a junkie, but then you're telling this Little do you know, baby. Little do you know. You talking about why you dancing for these junkies. Well, you know, you praise junkies too. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> ain't nothing but cocaine. It reminds me of like when you hear somebody reading somebody that does Tina and shit, and then you go over to their house, met Crystal Meth, and then you mm-hmm. go over to their house, and then like they pull out a pipe. Right. And you're like, oh. Yeah, it gags me sometimes because that's what it reminds me of. I, you know, I don't do drugs, so mm-hmm. in my mind, it's certain times that I get gagged like that, where I'm like, I didn't see <laughs> that this. Like I'm like, no, I don't party. <laughs> you got a party girl, baby. Um, and and you'll be in the situation, and they'll just bust it out like it's no tea. Oh, okay, well, Diamond, hold on one. <laughs> and you're like, wait. Whoa. You sure you don't want any party? I don't. Okay. <laughs> and then it turns into weird. It turns into you're a party pooper because you don't do drugs. Oh, you know, I got Diamond over here and she, she doesn't want to do anything. So do <laughs> you turn into the boring person that don't do drugs. Oh, she doesn't do anything. That's strange. So anyway. So let's talk about, what's her name? Angel. Angel. So Angel is a trans woman on the show. She's a younger version, kind of like a baby doll. I mm-hmm. think of her as like a baby doll. She's a young and it's still innocent in that new trans woman stage. She ain't been frosted by the world. <laughs> she, she's not jaded yet. <laughs> she's not bitter and jaded yet. So she has a client. Now the client is played by the same guy who plays um, Zombie Boy on Coven. And the same same guy who yeah, plays. Yeah, I don't know his name, I don't but know I his but name. but he's one of the I like him in the series though, and American yeah. Horror Story and all that stuff. Like I like him as an actor and all that stuff. I think he's, he's the main white boy. Yeah, like he's the he's one dope. he plays the one with the flipper hands. Mm-hmm. He plays real cute, real cutie, dorky you know. kind of looking white boy. 
He probably the got a big old dick as a poor white boy, though. <laughs> I doubt it. So, <laughs> so I wanted to talk about the trans woman and um, client relationship. So, first of all, she didn't get paid first. I mean, girl, not everybody operates like T.S. Diamond. Child, I'm like, if y'all pay attention to the scene, he if don't you give go, her no if you money. Go, baby, if you go to Papa Do's Red Lobster, BB's, anything, you get your hot entree, hot, you get your meal first. You pay later. Baby, <laughs> this ain't Papa Do's, honey. I need my coins in my hand. I need to put my coins in the back before we get started. Like, that amazed me. So the client came up to the host row. And she tipped, and she she's standing on the host row in her little outfit, and she comes up to the car, and they go to the hotel, and he's taking the clothes off, she's right. taking the clothes off, oh. they lay in the bed, they talking, and they oh. giving all this conversation, and they me. do their session, and then they kissing in the car, and right after they get done kissing, he pulls out, what was it, $60? 40 or $60. Or $60. So you with this nigga for a long ass time. Before you get paid and you don't get your coins till he dropped you off at the place? What? I'm just trying to Who provide does you customer that? service, Diamond. That was that wasn't realistic. Because because clients think that's rude. No. They a bitch <laughs> they know to get your coins up front. They know you're gonna want your coins. All right, up baby, front. let's get the business out of the way so first. So that was kind of strange. That's the only fun. thing <laughs> that's the only thing that was off to me. Was that she she didn't get paid first, so that was kind of. I didn't weird. even notice that until you said it. I said, "Oh wait, you knew it was a prostitution situation." Yeah, yeah, but, but I didn't realize that she didn't get. I just wasn't. I don't know. I think I kind of thought about. I was like, "Hmm, he ain't paid her yet." But then I kind of did. I was like, "Well, whatever." But then when he drops her off and she's getting like opening after the door, kiss. yeah. After all of that, then he gives her her coins, and then you had said, "I was like, oh wow, what? Who does that? Yeah, nobody. Nobody does. Nobody that. does that. <laughs> no. So, um, it's such a complicated and delicate kind of therapy for the client and the girl. So I've said this for years. I would not be as confident in my looks and my sexuality. Not my sexuality is in who I'm attracted to, but my sexuality in how I perform in the bedroom with men. Mm-hmm. I would not be as confident as I am if it wasn't for confident. If, if, if it wasn't for clients. Because clients, I don't know. I want you to, th- I think of it like, so the whole world is telling you. you I know what it is. Clients live for things that that other people t- make you feel bad, insecure, yeah, about. insecure about. Um, yeah, you, not having breasts when you just starting off. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got a little bit of something. Mm-hmm. They living for it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're telling you how. Oh my God, you so beautiful. Like they're praising you in the moment. You're so pretty. Uh, you're so sexy. You're so fit. And it's real. Not real as in. Oh, they gonna take you and marry you, but real in they really are attracted to you. Right, I'm attracted to you enough to give you my money, my money that I work for, and we all know how men value money. Right, <laughs> so for them to actually give you their hard earned money and say, "Oh my God, 
I want to come to you. You are the one. You are that girl. You baby. are that girl. I'm not gonna go to go go to nobody else. And they are your regulars, and mm. they come. T S Diamond Style. You are the girl, Lady Stick, baby. Spelled with a Z. Right. So they're coming in and giving you their money, and they're praising you for everything everybody else is po- pointing out as flaws, even mm-hmm. your own community. Oh, you got some big feet. Oh, you got some big hands. Oh, you so tall. Oh, everything that'll get you your chops <laughs> at the ball. Why, why your face? <laughs> everything that gets that gets you chops at the ball. The class is living it's for. Get, it's getting you your coins. <laughs> it's giving me my coins. Give me my shillings uh, or what else? Um, and then every little advancement that you make, they praising it. Oh, mm. your implants are so pretty. They're right. so real. They're so soft. Oh, you're not like other girls. With you are heart. not like the other girls. <laughs> and you know, you learn that that's all bullshit. But it works it. for me. But you know, it's like it's it is like a, a like a, a interesting relationship between clients and um, trans girls because clients are getting whatever this thing that they're exploring is they're getting it from you and they can't tell anybody else they can have conversations with you about Mm. this because they can't tell their wife they can't tell their brother they can't tell their best friend because they're going to be judged elsewhere so they come to you to explore and deal with it that's right and you become kind of their therapist they become your cheerleader and for me, it really was that. It was like, I, I, I don't remember being comfortably naked in front of a man prior to clients. Mm. Like, I don't remember not having to cut the lights off. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember prior to clients, you know, and clients, you you know, this is a service for them. So if they want the lights on, <laughs> you got the lights on. That's fine. <laughs> you know? So they I want to see, see all, all of you, baby. Yeah, so they want to they want to get all the tea, but when you mess with a piece of trade, you know they don't want to see your piece. They don't want to, you know. Hey, can you have the lights dim? Oh, or be face down, ass up, <laughs> and lights off. Bro. Or or <laughs> and then you know your body ain't where it's supposed to do. You you ain't got your you ain't got pumps. You might not got a little titties. You might still padding. You got to take your pads off. So let me cut the lights off so you can't tell that I took my pads off. <laughs> hey, not all the drag queen secrets you, and tricks you gotta do. Yes, there's so many things. Oh, no, not you gotta me... turn the lights off real quick. And then... <laughs> no, what I would do. Wait, wait, wait. This is what I would do. So if if you don't know what pads are, pads are things that you put on your hips to make give you the illusion of hips, and you make them and you create them. Same thing that drag queens do. So that's what I used to do when I was younger for a body. And so what I would do, <laughs> I would go down. So I would go. I would get them all hot and ready and say, okay, I'm, I'm gonna go put on something sexy. Something sexy. <laughs> and I'm gonna go all the way down to the bathroom. <laughs> Let me take my couch cushions off. <laughs> <laughs> and I would go and take the, I would pull them down and put my robe on, my long robe on, and come back up to the room <laughs> and be and be olive oil. <laughs> Beyonce, you leave out Beyonce, come back olive oil, olive oil baby. <laughs> Are you ready, baby? Cause I'm I am. Ready. And then it would just start. I know they'd be like, "Damn, you was thick." <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Right, that's all they say. <laughs> so that's kind of how it it it. And then you know they make you feel uncomfortable. You gotta be, 
you know, you're not that girl yet. <laughs> you are you know? not that girl. You are not that girl yet. <laughs> so you just kind of making it work. Cut the lights off, get plunged, suck that dick or whatever you're right. going to do. Or get your dick sucked. Okay. And then you, you know, you send them on about their way. But clients, you got us. You butt naked in front of them. They gobbling it. They gobbling. wearing you out and making you feel like the everlasting goddess. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're like, I like this. This is making me feel love. They're like, oh, my God. Your body, your abs, your legs. Oh, you're so smooth and soft. And like they give you all this praise. And no matter if it's real or fake or blah, 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 it's still love to hear. <laughs> right. You know how it is. So it's like, oh my God. So for me, it was a boost of my self esteem. It was a Baby, boost of my confidence. <laughs> a boost of my confidence. So it's a really interesting. Um, interesting thing and another thing you're trying to find normalcy in this relationship in regards to you and a client so y'all having these some of them you will have these normal conversations where they're where you just they're just kind of getting to know you and Mm -hmm. i remember a time when clients would be like that yeah some of them are wham bam thank you ma'am but some of them really like i mean i have a client this is a client this is i don't i don't actively escort i don't actively um have ads up but i have a regular that i see that i've been seeing for years so i'm like even though i'm not actively escort if you holler at me you got my coins i'm gonna get them coins right (laughs) so i'm like okay so he still comes to see me but we will sit and talk for before we even have the session we're sitting talking for two three hours oh girl yeah but he has all my coins and more so and he give me coins even if we don't do nothing. <laughs> so he he's the, always the been, dialogue. Though. Yes, <laughs> but he's he's. But the reason why we can have long conversations like that is because we connect like on some real shit. Like mm. we have so much in common. We talk about we got some of this. He's one of the type of nigga that I would be with, like a reformed thug type nigga. Mm, fuck me. <laughs> so. He's exactly, he's exactly that. So we just have a connection. So, but we have, like, I really, like, at one point of our situation, like, he was really on some, you know, I know this is business, but I really love you, though. No. Right. And I was on some, I kind of love you, too. No! (laughs) It was kind of strange for um, us to be on that kind of love language type of gig. It was kind of weird. It was like, what? What is we doing? And you was going to get you a husband, girl. <laughs> no, because he has a wife. <laughs> so that never was mm. the idea. But I think that there is a love there. Like, because he would do things for me that are outside of business. Oh, like, yeah. I'm not saying. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's like uh, it started to be a little bit deeper than what it was, even though it was business. Mm-hmm. But he would do, and I'm, my love language is acts of service. Mine is too. You know, so <laughs> when you do things that I need just out of the kindness of your heart. Fuck I can, me. I can fall for you like it's no tea. Like it's no tea. Yeah, I'm like that too. Yeah, so, you know, and think that I think that's what was happening. So we have this interesting relationship. And I think it's interesting that they show that on the show, how it's not just, it's it's a sexual thing, but it's more than that. It's like a mental thing as well. Like when he was with his wife 
at the at the at their anniversary dinner. Uh huh. And they were eating the lobster, and. I wanted to kind of talk about that. His wife, think about so his the the client later on in the show, his wife and him was on an anniversary dinner and they were he just got the job from the junkie. He got the big corporate job where he's making money now so now they can afford to go to this nice restaurant. When he leaves Angel, he goes to the house, the sickening house with his wife and his kids. Uh-huh. So, and during the anniversary they're eating lobster and he she's basically explaining she he basically asked his wife you know what's better how you imagine lobster to would be or the actual lobster and she was like what she say she said the reality is better because and he asked her why and she said because i'm, I'm experiencing it with you with you and it was really romantic mm-hmm. and he like oh you know, boom. But while they're doing their anniversary dance, he's imagining Angel, right. the trans woman. And that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like, they plant seeds. It's a fantasy. But it turns into something else if they're dealing with you for a long period of time. And it also kind of makes it seem like it also kind of shines an, a different perspective. Uh, because honestly, like, in my mind, when I think of clients, when I think of clients, niggas, tricks whatever you want to call them dealing john's with john's <laughs> dealing with trans girls trans anything you can be trans man whatever trans mm-hmm. i always think it's on some fetishy creepy type shit mm-hmm. you know pay you so you can be my little sex object you're a fetish you're a trainee you're a fetish you know but mm-hmm. i don't know like when i was watching it on pose it was like oh like he really kind of okay it's this is different it's a little different than what i thought it's yeah, so that's exactly. And there is people who are exactly like you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Who are the fetishy, but then there are some normal guys. Who that are, are kind treating, of conflicted with it. Yes, it's yeah. like this could be a possibility. Right, like, and I'm, that's that's what that's what the show made me realize. Because right. it was like, oh, there are, because, you know, of course, I don't think everybody is like that, you know, fetishy, right, creepy, whatever, but. The show was like, oh, okay, so there are, there, uh, it must be, you know, okay, mm-hmm. I see now. Everybody's not like that, you know. And some of, one of the notes that I wrote down is that his wife was touching her fantasy, eating the lobster, uh-huh. while being so close to its destruction. Like, he's imagining a, a trans woman, and if you find out about this, that's the end of y'all marriage. Mm-hmm. Like, you're so close to this destruction. But then I say... The trans woman is in the destruction, and the white woman's husband is her lobster. Her so like she was imagining, she's Angel is imagining a life with him, like mm-hmm. his wife imagining what lobster tastes like. Right. While she's in this horrible place, because in her life, in Angel life, she just got read. She's the one who went on a job interview, and they said it wasn't. Job. No, ma'am, baby. She went to the ball and got chopped because she right. didn't have the dress. She was like, this is a Halstead. Bye-bye. <laughs> no. <laughs> and they chopped her. So she got chopped at her community, embarrassed, humiliated. That's right, didn't baby. Didn't get the job. Then the, she see the trick at the, at, the, um, at the office, and he says, the life of a tranny, baby. <laughs> <laughs> he says, you know, I got a wife and kid. I can't be with somebody like you. That's what he said to her. Right. I, I can't cannot, be with somebody like I you. I can't be with somebody like you. 
you know, I got a wife and a kid, and basically, you know, it kill her little dream. So yeah, I I had a, thought I had a little taste of lobster, but no. I hope wasn't. you enjoyed it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> They're deciding to walk the ball again. Uh huh. Too soon. <laughs> they weren't really ready, but they decided to. No, walk. it's time to get them bitches. <laughs> they thought they was no. They thought they was a girl. <laughs> time so to get. So they go to Partel and they make the boy outfit. Oh, pray tell. Pray tell. I'm sorry. They go to him. They make the boy. They make Damon an outfit, and they're ready to walk the ball. So. In the in the room, this was an interesting part. In the room, the whole house is in the room, and Angel says, "You can always tell when the folks got the A's, and they're looking dead on the bin- park bench." She said they looking wasted away, wasted away, and you don't know if they died on the park bench or they just sleep. That's right. And in that moment, Praytel and Blanca kind of look at each other because the only person who know Blanca is positive is Praytel. And so he tries to change the subject real quick. But I thought it was it was interesting because me and Brandon have had a couple. I have had a couple of situations like this where oh, and I've been involved in one of in some <laughs> right of where. I said something of this insensitive nature, and it was around people who I didn't know were positive. But I did. But Brandon did. <laughs> and and it was a couple of years ago, and we were, and it's never like I'm reading them. It's always just me making a statement. So, like, one of the things that we all do, well, not all, but it's really, really common in the community in the culture, we make little pet names for HIV. Mm-hmm. Like we make, um, like give me give me examples that you've heard. Uh, the witch's brew, your version, what you told no, me. No, not uh, my version, but you stuff you heard other than my version. Witch's brew, uh, the give, the give, the bug, the pack, the, bug. the package. Yeah. Uh, um, little names for HIV that is not little euphemisms for HIV. Yeah. Um. So one of mine that in my group appears that we called it was the prayer line. <laughs> so we would say if somebody had HIV, it was like, oh, they're in the prayer line. They're standing in the prayer line. And that's and we all did it like it wasn't <laughs> it, it wasn't. um. It wasn't just like me and my friends and Shady and we doing it. Everybody had a little name for it. Yeah, they, and they still do today. And we still do. There's a little some kind of name for it. The package, you know, he got that stuff. Right, and, that you know, stuff. Um, sometimes it's cute. Sometimes it's like, ouch, that's like, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, he about to go out the party. Out the party. That's out what. the party. Um, it's, I mean, it's so many. It's so many. Yeah. And so... In the in the situation, and I've been, in, I'll say something like that. Well, yeah, they're in a the prayer line, and it wouldn't be I'm making fun of them or making it seem like I couldn't be in the prayer line next month. 
<laughs> you and know, to, to me, that's a cute way of putting it. Like, it's not. <laughs> the I don't know what they do. Oh, she in a prayer line she asking prayer for line. more time. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever. So that's just what it was. And so I've been in situations where I have said stuff like that, and it hurt. And it, I don't want to say hurt people's feelings, but it made them feel some kind of way. I'm sure it hurt their feelings. So where that, that where after I was gone out of the situation, the um. The person will go to the friend, uh-huh. the mutual friend, and say, "Why did they say that?" And I had to learn that I, I have to watch what I say because I thought it was just culture. I thought it was not your. By the time I we had our situation, I, it was just a kiki to me. Like I don't, I don't think about it in that. In that situation, it was a, it wasn't a kiki at them. It just was we were kikiing, and sometimes I'm like, we all mature gay motherfuckers. We all trans gay. Da, da, da. So me joking about HIV is a part of our fucking culture. Motherfuckers may be lying and acting like it's not something that people do, but it's something that people do. Right. <laughs> and I see it all the time outside of me and outside. I just see. It. Is it appropriate? Maybe not so much, but it happens really commonly. Right. So being that I was friends with you and I know we do it and we both, we also read people that's trying to be, when we, we read them if they're making fun of it. Right. But because it's not like we're doing that. So me and Brandon, what we would do, it's hard to explain how, like our sense of humor. It, yeah. it, it's It's hard to explain it. Like. We're reading each other in an HIV way. Yes. It's not reading somebody else. It's reading each other. Like, um, like I'm trying to think of an g- example. Like, you better watch out, Diamond, or you're going to be standing in the prayer line. Blah, 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 blah. Or, um, or say Brandon had some trade over last night. And I was like, oh, did you put somebody in the grave? <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you steal another soul, girl? Did you steal another soul, girl? <laughs> like, it will be against each other. It won't be uh, we're making fun of this person who has HIV. Right. It will be us roasting each other using HIV as the punchline. Right. So just like we just did. Oh, my God, you brought that boy over here. Do I need to get my black dress ready, girl? <laughs> <laughs> so it would be right and we cackle and we, cackle. <laughs> and, and we just laugh and that's what it would be and so and it would be towards us and it wouldn't be towards somebody else so i would because that's our sense of humor sometimes but diamond will do that around right. other people who she does not know are positive right and so, so <laughs> it was a situation where me and brandon was in a car in the his, car in the his, car with his hometown friends <laughs> and a joke like that happens like it's not at them i'm joking with brandon about it and we're joking with each other and this is our normal sense of our normal thing to do. And this is somebody who I have been friends with since the like fifth grade, like my whole right. life. Right. And Brandon <laughs> know this person is positive and these people are positive. Yeah. And you know, I don't, but I because I'm not talking about them or people, I'm real comfortable because I'm with my friend. Right. And I'm talking about my friend and we're kicking and this is our normal <laughs> thing. So I'm not really thinking of it like somebody's gonna be offended. <laughs> <laughs> but then Brendan's 
my response is response. A, I was like, girl. You wanna this you don't wanna get kicked out the car, do you girl? <laughs> we gonna be on the heel toe. I'm not. <laughs> I got my coins. <laughs> <laughs> I got my coins, honey. Well, baby, somebody, they gonna, they gonna make me get on the Hilltoe Express, honey. <laughs> I, I got my ride. I always and I know away. immediately what would happen. They would, oh, they would be like, "Why would you tell her all my business? I didn't tell her nothing. Why right. would she say that? Because that's what we do. Right? If it's that's just what it is. And I like Diamond. I cannot understand. You have almost got me beat up like so many times. <laughs> what? Like I had I had somebody from St. Louis hit me up in my inbox because of something you said about Oh, the, I remember. Yeah, like, so we were reading. <laughs> I remember. I totally remember. So somebody from St. Louis. Now I'm a girl who is well traveled. I have friends all over. So St. Louis is one of them spots that if you from the Lou and you start talking to me about St. Louis, you might think that I'm from St. Louis. Right. Because I know so many people, so many much history about St. Louis that. And that's where I'm from. Right. That's where he's from. So we know similar people and I'm connected to this place. So he gets to, I, don't, I can't remember exactly what we get to reading, but he gets to reading. And to me, if you're going below the belt and you making transgender jokes, Oh, cool. Then we can go there. <laughs> oh, well, we can go there anyway, because if we're reading, there's no rules to read. Right. And At so, all. The, the honey. <laughs> so the read is the read. We're reading. <laughs> it's like fighting. So you, better, you better hope I don't know you're late, too. Right. You better hope that I don't. <laughs> so he got to reading about um something. And somebody had inboxed me. Hmm. Some tea since he was serving. <laughs> Somebody had inboxed me some tea. I said, "Oh, so we serving tea? So let's play." Uh-huh. Since we're going, you know how you get up, you can it could get real late on the internet right. when you read it. And so he gets to reading me about um, being trans and calling me he's and calling me a man. And for a trans person, that's the lowest you can go. Right. That's that's the lowest to me. So you might not think it is, but to a trans person, that's what it is. So, if, mm. and if you're seriously trying to read me on some shit, oh, so we, so we took the gloves off. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, so no more gloves, no holes barred, no holes barred. Okay. So here we go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so let, what about this tea? Boom. <laughs> and I kept spilling beans. Boom. And kept just wearing him out. I with- was watching, <laughs> and I was like, Diamond, no. Diamond. <laughs> And Don't I was just, it. and so this the person who spilled the tea in my inbox just gave me all these details that only somebody who would know would they know. They were such spot on details, right? That he immediately mm-hmm. inboxed me, right? Because he's the only <laughs> one I'm connected to because yes. we're reading on his on his on his post, and I'm just giving all the tea, and so he's thinking that Brandon is giving me the tea, but it's not. <laughs> like, I told you, I have all the St. Louis connections. <laughs> That's man. what I said. I said it wasn't me. It was not me. I got all the St. Louis connections, so Brandon don't got giving me the tea. I can get the tea from multiple sources, baby. <laughs> and the fact that you're reading on this public post that other people can oh, see baby. that are my family, 
<laughs> Stop. And I'm, my my my, fam, my St. Louis family is the Vatans. They're legendary for twirling motherfuckers. Right. <laughs> so. <laughs> Baby, he told me he was going to twirl me seven ways from Sunday. Next time he saw me, I was getting my ass whooped. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm telling all his business and this and that and this and that. Mm -hmm. The twirl never came, though. No, of course. But. Not. Of course not. Once he knew who yeah. the family was. <laughs> Maybe you might not want this, but it's just not that. But that's good though, because I. But like I said, I was. I said, and I said the same thing to him that I said to what's his face. Mm -hmm. I said, I did not tell Diamond anything. Mm -mm. Diamond just that's what Diamond does. Mm -hmm. That's what that's what it is. So I don't know what your mm -hmm. situation is or what the tea is. Clearly, she struck a nerve, but I didn't tell mm -hmm. her nothing. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> somebody did tell me something. Yeah, but I, I, it wasn't me though. It wasn't you. <laughs> and so when they told me all the tea, and I'm spilling, and I'm spilling, and using them in reads, mm -hmm. it was his leg. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was his leg. He was over. And it me. was. I mean, <laughs> so yeah. That's don't be friends with Diamond. She's gonna get you in fights. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like you know. I've tried to tone it down a little bit in recent years. We still joke like that, but oh yeah. But in We're just a little public, more mindful, mindful of public places. Yeah, you know everybody don't get my sense of humor. But I all I'm always befriending people like you know like Barrett, um, mm -hmm. um, Pam, Vince, all those mayhem folks. That we this is kind of like our sense of humor is kind of different. Yeah, so, it, I just have a different sense of humor. It's a different sense it, of humor it is what and. It is. And this is what it is. But I'm not the only one. So I don't want to see. I, I always have to stress that because I hear other people yeah. that I'm not even in a click with. And I can hear them. We're at the club and the gays is like, oh, girl. Mm -hmm. And they're making these little insinuations. It's, it is a part of the culture. Maybe it's not right. Maybe it's not. But that is a part of the yeah. culture. So, and I think it's to make light of it. Yeah. It's not really. It, yeah, that's why I do it. Yeah, it's, it's to just make to make light of, light of it. I would. I, I, it's never to make fun of anybody. I'm not. I, that, I'm not. That's not my stilo. It ain't never been my stilo. So let's go back to um, back to pose. We got <laughs> a little distracted. <laughs> a little distracted. <laughs> Me being somebody who have who has gay children now in my older age, and. You know, looking out for them as you do. Like I look out for my children, like like they're my brothers. Like like they are people that I care for, that I love for. I know that I'm a part of their support system, so I try to be there when I can. That's not hurting me. Um, and so Blanca, being like that in the show, the dance scene when she forced her way in and talked to the lady when he didn't do what he was supposed to do in regards to the application the application mm -hmm. he was she was trying to get him into dance school because one of her house rules was you know you got to go to school and mm -hmm. you got to walk the balls and da, da 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 so he didn't turn into application and so finally she went down there with him and she talked to the lady and convinced him to let him do an audition and so she, so she was really put herself on the line and not on the line but out there out there like yo like you really need like fighting for somebody who does not want to fight for themselves right you know and so i thought it was really emotional for me and the scene when he was dancing to um whitney i want to dance to somebody that that really got me in my tears like when mm -hmm. now i had by the time me and you watched it together multiple times i had already watched it myself three times so 
the first time me seeing that scene and knowing, oh, I'm trying to where he was and how his parents had kicked him out and like she he don't want to disappoint Blanca, mm-hmm. but then he don't want to disappoint these strange ass motherfuckers that's gonna let me get in this school. Mm-hmm. He didn't wanna um you know, this somebody that really believes in me, where all my family they done kicked me out, so even my family don't fucking believe in me. So this mm-hmm. this person is really and at the end when he did get into it, he said to her, like, I was on the verge of going down to the pier and prostituting. That was the scene that did it for me. <laughs> it was like, oh I said, yeah. <laughs> it was like you, you know, you saved my life and you and shit. And if you think about it, I wasn't even fighting for myself. Mm-hmm. You were fighting for me because you know this is the best for me. And so I thought that was an amazing scene. And and this is really these is tr- people who are living through currently living through trauma. Yeah. Like trauma of society rejecting them, trauma of just trying to survive because um, Angel is prostituting. It's not she was one of the ones that I didn't get saved before I got to prostituting. I'm prostituting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and that kind of was the thing. It was kind of like um, these are people living through trauma needing self-care um being each other's therapist mm. um and taking care of each other at the same time and i thought that was really my life has been that Every, there's deja um you kiever mm-hmm. um i've always had somebody who was depending on you not just not just depending because some, sometimes a little bit more de- it, as I got older and more me more stable it started to be a little dependent but when I was younger I wasn't I wouldn't do anything for them but I was protective of them mm. like they knew that if it, something went down I was gonna be the one fighting with them yeah it, I was never gonna be the one that was gonna walk away or leave them by themselves or anything like that I was gonna yeah be so I guess oh mm. I guess not depending, but sort of, yeah. Support system. Yeah, it just, support. They, they knew I was going to be supportive. Um, I was the one who had my own apartment. So it was always me. Mother um, Hen Diamond. Yeah, Mother Hen. I've always been the Mother Hen yeah. in, 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 in my particular community because I lived a life because of my mother, my mother, my grandmother. I lived a life where I had to grow up faster than every, everybody else. Most people around me had either their mother and their father in their life or right. their mother wasn't on drugs or, mm-hmm. you know, they have issues with their parents, of course, but it wasn't the same issues that addiction came with. So that's where I fell into the gay community because of my background i automatically became like a mother figure to the people who were around me i had like kiva i had deja i had mario who all had their good parents in their life um and when i say good i don't mean um like they didn't have their faults and their negativities but they had um they none of them had addictions like kiva's mom was um mom and dad was churchy mario's mom was just an old school older woman single woman with him living in the house um you know that's just kind of what it was and deja was younger than me and we come we grew up in a group home um we was in a group but we met in a group home and but i was older than her and so when i got my own place you know she came and stayed with me so i always was in a position where my life put me a little ahead and had to grow up for them so i wanted to ask you 
um, when it comes to your place in the gay community, when you get, as you grew up and you move from, okay, I'm moving from my family dynamic. I'm my mother's child. I'm my brother's brother. I'm my sister's brother. And I'm in school. When you went into your adulthood and got into the gay scene and got into the gay life, what position, how, how, tell me about the background with your family and then how, what's, what did the gay culture, gay community supplement for you that you didn't have there? Well, uh, I was raised by my mom, and she she it was, and I think Connie still is, homophobic. She was really homophobic when I was little, and by little I mean, like, I don't know, as young as I can remember, three, four, five, six, that age. Um, I can't recall, a, you know, when I was little, a day trying to express myself as a young gay boy, you know, without being called, you know, being fagged down, this and that. Shoved. You know, she would do, you know, I told you some of the stories. Like, she would mm-hmm. fucking... Shove big ass bananas and cucumbers in my face and say, "Oh, if, if, if you want to be a faggot, this is you better get used to sticking this in your ass, and you're gonna get AIDS and blah blah blah, all of that." Mm-hmm. So, you know, if she if I would get in trouble and she would beat my ass, you know, more that's more of the fear mongering using AIDS. Yeah, back then in the eighties, or you in the nineties, nineties. Uh, using it still was a tactic, just like in this, like his mom, Damon's mom in the 80s. Right. It still was a tactic in the 90s for them to use against you and say, you're going to be, you're going to get them AIDS. Yeah. And that was kind of, that was also kind of like a little, like a trigger. Mm-hmm. Seeing that, because I'm like, oh, God, I can't count how many times I didn't heard that. You know, like. I, no, my family didn't use the AIDS thing. I think I told you this. My family. When my my mother was really really protective, she wasn't she was homophobic, but not she didn't express it in the way in any kind of anger or abusive way. It just was like oh, this ain't really what I want my son to be. But well, lucky you know you. that kind of <laughs> stuff. But my uncles and stuff, they would say stuff like we had a gay club that was not far from my apartment, and it was called Our Place. It was called now they call it OPs for short, but it was called Our Place. And my uncles would say. My mama's name is Moochie. Um, nickname is Moochie. Um, Moochie, if you don't stop letting him, you don't toughen him up and stop le- letting him follow you around, he going to be down there up the street at our place. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to be at the gay club. And at the time, I'm fucking five and six. I didn't know anything about the gay club. And I'm sure you didn't know anything about AIDS or anal sex. Right. You know, it's like you know, you're, you're that young and you're hearing fag. And, and you don't know what fag is. You don't know what a fag is, but you know it's bad because... Right, they're very negative, the connotation. It's it's negative, you Mm -hmm. know, so it was, she's all, um, you know, so I dealt with that growing up, and then, you know, as I got older, and then she started, my mom got into stripping and doing all that bullshit, not bullshit, but as soon as she got into stripping and all that stuff and got exposed to, like, lesbian dancers and uh, all of that, she got exposed to gayness, I guess, in that act. In that area, and then it kind yeah, of because they used to make. I'm sure the gays used to make them costumes. They probably painted them. Yeah, like she said that they would be like, you know, they would come and pay, pay them, and so it's like, and so and that, I'm like, so you sit around and you call, like you say this is bad, but you're 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 using them to, you're making money off of them because you're using them to make these beat ass costumes for you mm-hmm. that you're using to dance in and get make your coins. Like you're, you're an escort. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not an no, escort. Stripper. You're a stripper. Mm-hmm. I'm like what? But then so, you're kind of escorting too because you got sugar daddies and shit. I mean, it's yeah, I think escorting and strippers or uh, escorting and stripping is intertwined. Yeah, it's sex work. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, the older she got, you know, the the more, you know, open-minded and, and accepting she 
would you know she appeared to be I well before I came out like while she was still dancing I'm still like a young teenager haven't come out to my to anybody but I know I'm gay but you know you struggling with that anyway you know I'm noticing that I'm being called fag less and less and less and then mm-hmm. she would apologize for the abuse that she would you know put me through when i was a little kid but when it came to me coming out and starting like this is me whatever like i remember like i told her what it was and we had that conversation so after that she would um she would read me behind my back to my Mm -hmm. siblings you know and she would cry about it and all that stuff so but then she would you know basically say that she it didn't i felt like she was lying oh i love you and this and that and you're my son but then you're reading me and this and that so eventually i started finally because i never had any gay friends Mm -hmm. ever all my friends were regulars trade and whatever so i was thirsty to to get around some of my people you Mm -hmm. know i wanted to make some gay friends i wanted to experience what that was i got tired of watching queers folk and noah's arg and all these stupid things and then you know like wondering what is that going to be like to have gay friends and go out and do gay stuff and you know just whatever you know and so i went to the gay club for the first time i might i like took the i like to lie to my mama told her i was going somewhere and i went to the g spot in east st louis come on lou <laughs> come on, and uh i went in and you know what a g spot is it's mm-hmm. like prostitutes and you get robbed and stabbed right outside the street <laughs> right <laughs> but you don't give a fuck about none of that you about to just be with your kids yes <laughs> so um i went in and i saw i thought she had looked beat it was kayla mm-hmm. and she was wearing a blue jean i remember she was wearing a blue jean catsuit and her hair was like up in a ponytail she had a little hump right here one of them mm-hmm. little them little hump things and she had i had never seen or not knowingly i had never seen a transsexual before i was mm-hmm. like what is that is that a girl that's more than a boy like i had that conversation mm-hmm. like i said what and you know this was back you know it was a club life so you know when people are in the club life they look even more sickening so to uh-huh. me i saw like she was looking she was looking sickening though she looked like like a beat little barbie doll mm-hmm. I, was, I was like oh who was that and it was mike 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 was my very first friend that's who i had met and that's who mm-hmm. i got to know and so mike mike introduced me to kayla right so, wait, 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 wait 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 so we gotta give a little history my gay mother <laughs> is the trans woman who turned Mike Mike out. <laughs> That's what's funny about this. I story. always wonder. I thought it was. For, I never. I, I was always wondering, like, how did what happened? <laughs> right. So Mike Mike used to be like Trady. He was like the hood nigga trade. I cannot imagine that. Exactly. <laughs> he used to just be like a regular dude, regular guy. And my mom found him in the hood, picked him up, took him to her house, turned his ass out. Mother Tracy, baby. <laughs> Honey. And she wore him out. And then she said, the next time I, next time I saw him, he kicking with another girl. Another That's right, girl. baby. Then the next thing I saw, he kicking with the butch queens. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then all of a sudden, he is a staple in the gay community. <laughs> so it's funny that Mike Mike, your first gay friend, is one that my gay mother brought into the community. I thought yes. that was funny. 
And so he introduced me to Kayla. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, hey, this is my friend Brandon. This may, you know, he's going to say, you know, whatever. This is my new Judy. And this is Kayla. Blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. He didn't really give too much. He said, hey, this is Kayla, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. So I was like, oh, okay. And so it wasn't too much. You know, I was like, oh, hey, you look cute, girl. Oh, okay. Da, 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 da. After that, like the next day, uh, no, a week later, we were supposed to do something. Kayla wasn't even involved. Mm-hmm. It was me, Mike, Mike, and this drag queen that was, she was about, I guess she was trans. She, she hadn't started, but she was about to. This trans girl named Jamaica. Jamaica gets killed in a car accident. Mm-hmm. Well, she was crossing the street and gets hit by somebody and dies. Mm-hmm. Okay? So we go to her funeral. Kayla comes to the funeral as Mike Mike's support. Mm-hmm. Because this was one of Mike Mike's good, good Judy's that had right. killed. So Kayla comes. They were still like real, you know, whatever. And so Kayla comes. And during the ride to the funeral, during the funeral, and after the funeral, me and Kayla had connected. Right. And so after that, after that, from the funeral, from on, from then on, I remember how it happened. Like we were at her house one day and she said, Yeah, I'm going to make you my gay son. You're going to be my gay son. <laughs> and I said, Okay. <laughs> and that was that right you know because that's how it always goes for me like with me gay mothers and things like that i never pick my gay mama mm-hmm. i never say you're gonna be my gay mama mm-hmm. i let them pick me mm-hmm. and if i'm feeling them like that okay cool right and that's i feel like that should have for me that's how I it like should it. happen naturally yeah i let it happen organically i think my i think it's the same thing with me i just um because people gravitate towards me and then some people stick and some people don't. And yeah. you can kind of tell. Like, it's mm-hmm. some people that, you know, I meet and we hang out and it's cool. But then there's some people that just you constantly stay connected with and you just feel the vibe with them. Yeah. So yeah. when she had said that, you know, well, you're going to be my gay child, da, 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 mm-hmm. you know, at that point, I was looking for a gay, a small gay, not a lot of gay friends. Mm-hmm. I just wanted a couple. You know, just a little support group, somebody, some kiki buddies, something, an outlet, something other than my biological family. Because, you know, like I said, I've never really felt like I've gotten genuine affection and love from, or I ain't never got it from my daddy because he never, he wasn't around. Mm -hmm. And my mom, I've always felt like, I've never felt like it was all the way real. You know, like I felt like in the back of her mind, she has regrets about me, me being gay, you know, her not having no grandchildren or her thinking she's not going to get no grandchildren and just her old thoughts about gayness and faggotry and all like if you just understand, like, you know, Mm -hmm. I told you when she would say shit like, oh, they should put all the gay fags in mass graves and blow their heads off and bury Mm -hmm. them together, shit like that, you know, so I... I looked for, I guess, love from other from strangers, mm-hmm. you know, and and I found that, you know, mm-hmm. I I learned that you can be you can get what you there are strangers out there that can give you what your biological family can't or refuse to give you, right? And that's what that was for me. And when I started, and so then after, so it went from just this is my gay family to, oh, this is my gay family, and they do these things called balls. I remember when Mike Mike said, oh, we going to the ball, Brandon, so you need to get ready. And I said, my my response was, but I don't have a suit. <laughs> 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 and Kayla looked at me and said, boy, 
You do not need no suit. And I said, but we're going to a ball. It was just, I was so. You thought it was the real ball. Yes. Like I had never been. Yes. And when they took me to the ball, I saw Miko. His name is Miko. He's a commentator. I don't know if you know him or not, but uh, is a commentator in St. Louis. And I didn't know who he was, what was going on. I just know he had a microphone and he was, all these words were coming out. It was Mm -hmm. like he was rhyming or something. He's like, I thought he was lip syncing to like a record or something. Uh And then when he stopped and I saw it was him, I said, oh, oh, is he a rapper? Like I was, I was so so uneducated to that. And I was like, oh, wow, he's a rapper? What is and, that? and it gives you the testament to the New York culture. It was so powerful that it started to spread to other parts of the country. Yes. It was so... The ball scene... It just started. It just started to flourish, and it picked up. Everybody, there was a girl. There was houses mm-hmm. that were just popping up. It was in the Midwest, in the South, in um, in the West. It just was. It just was flourishing, and it was spreading because the c- community. Yeah, and 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 being having that, having Kayla, having Mike, Mike, having my gay brothers, having my gay family, mm-hmm. exposing me to the balls and all that thing, like. I kind of don't like to imagine what well, I do and I don't. Sometimes I, I don't know. Like I just I feel bad for this. Is, I feel bad for young gay people who don't have that. Who right. don't like get a they chance. They live to, in yes. bumfuck Arkansas. Yeah. But don't have because before yeah. I knew what it like, I couldn't like it was like someone just pulled the veil from over my eyes. Like I was just like wow, I had no idea all this culture was here. I had no idea all this. All this love was out here available. I had no idea. All the, and now, of course, it comes with late things too. Mm-hmm. But I'm mentioning the good things, right? You know, because this is hurt people. You got to understand these are hurt people. So sometimes hurt people hurt people, right? So it's not always positive. You, this can be. This can lead people in the direction of addiction because if your house people. Um, do drugs and you can become a cokehead because mm-hmm. they cokehead addiction disease abuse it's so many all things. types of things it's it's not all positive but, but for I didn't experience most of that but that's like any community yeah any community yeah and so you know at the end of so anyway so like at I get involved into the balls and all that stuff and then I'm trying to walk categories figure out what's for me and you know you have people your, your gay mom say oh you need to walk this and then Mike Mike you need to walk this and then it's mm-hmm. like, everybody say what so you I'm need to walking walk. stuff and then for what they're telling me I'm getting chopped for this category I'm I get through here but I don't win for this category then I I went to a I was like my third or fourth ball I saw sex hour and I said oh I'm that girl right that's me. And so I said, I didn't even know what this was. And I said, Kayla, I thought you said, I, I saw Kayla, I thought when, I, me and Kayla had a discussion about it, but I thought it was just for, for fem queens. Uh-huh. So when I figured out boys could do it, then, you know, I started putting on a little muscle right. and, and putting on my little panties. Mm-hmm. And the rest is history. So, you know, and then it started, and then the ball scene, it started to get to the point to where I couldn't, like, meet niggas or I couldn't go nowhere without them saying, oh, you that nigga from the ball, blah, blah. So then I stopped it. Mm. That and then the fact that the house I was in at the time was forcing me to like they was making it mandatory. You need to fly to, or you need to go to this ball here and this ball here and this ball here, or you're kicked out. And I'm like, okay, this is starting to feel like work now. Right, and y'all ain't paying for no, and y'all not paying tickets. for nothing. <laughs> so I'm out. So that's why I got out of it. But that was how I got started, and right. all of that. So 
I found what I was looking for, and when I had got enough of the scene, I left out. I got re- I got out of it, you mm-hmm. know. But I don't have any regrets about it. You know, I learned so much about myself and the community and everybody in it, really. And you know, I I you know I got what I was looking for. I got yeah. good friends. I got I got love that I was looking for, and you know. I just and and like I said, I just feel bad for people who don't know about it or can't experience that because I don't I don't know. It, mm-hmm. it, to me, it's like a co- it's like a kid that wishes they went to high to that went to college mm-hmm. or a kid that went to college and it's like oh you, like you go to HBCU oh man I wish you could experience it but I didn't I just you know mm-hmm. so gotcha. So basically, everybody needs family and a sense of community, and you're gonna always find it somehow. Which brings us to the ending of the first episode of Pose. This episode ended with him coming out of the dance studio, getting his life. He had got it. He 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 got in. They let him in. And he was just hugging. And they were all hugging. And they had a little family moment. Oh, the Latina boy. We didn't talk about him. Mm, Poppy. He, Poppy. He came in. And it, it, we'll talk about this later on because I'm sure he's going to have another part mm. where he's more. I want some about the connection between all minority queers, mm-hmm. Latin queers, Black queers, and Asian queers, and all the minority queers, and how we come together. And you had said space. you had said that you had thought it was interesting that he brought a more masculine perspective. Right, to the show. he brought a more masculine gay. Yeah, because I remember you saying that Damon is more the film mm-hmm. and he's more masculine. Yeah. And if you remember on Paris and Burning, one of the gay, one of the boys was really film, and one of them was masculine. One of the little Latin boys. This show, like I just, like it just really, really feels like I'm a part of. I'm this. a part of it. Yeah, yes. like, it yeah. feels like I know these things. Yes. I know this. Culture. I know these experiences. I know this. We're so used to gauging from the outside to the main culture. Right. So to see our culture celebrated and depicted on the screen is an amazing thing. Like it would it's what I kind of would imagine somebody seeing like a belly or seeing like um Full Metal Jacket. Is it full? Not that. Well, I don't know. Not Full Metal Jacket. I'm familiar jacket. with belly, not Full not Metal Jacket. No, that not that that's not it. What's the one bulletproof or it's some wretched black movie. I don't always listen to Oh, them. well, my um <laughs> my experience with that is limited. So, so rich white, uh, rich and white, baby. <laughs> so all these, you know, just classic black movies. I yeah. can imagine that watching them and seeing it. I it's I reminded it kind of remind me of that. But us not always being a part of the mainstream and now finally seeing a show that really shows our culture in depth mm-hmm. is really, really refreshing. And I'm still not used and, to it. And not used to it. And, and I, so yeah, like I watched it. I watched it a total of like six or seven times. Well, I watched it like three times, right. not seven, but still three. If I watched something three times. Yes, it was really, really It's the jam. Good. So we're going to do, we're not going to be this long. This is just the first introduction. (laughs) (laughs) But we do recommend that you watch the show. We love it. We're going to watch it. It comes on tonight at 9 p.m. on FX. So make sure y'all check it out and watch it. 
It's only one episode in, so you guys can watch that. You get can catch caught up. up. Right. <laughs> you don't got to binge watch. Just get caught up real quick, and then you can You get... can't binge watch because it's an actual show. Oh, I thought and you they, could watch it on No. It's, they only release in an episode every Sunday oh. at 9 p.m. Oh, I just did a Mia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout hey, out to Mia. Marsha Play. <laughs> Marsha's Play. All right, y'all. So thank you for listening. We'll be back for the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamond, S-T-Y-L-Z, at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's going to be.